Welcome to the Vital Dawn podcast for Tuesday, September 1st. S&P futures are up about eight points. That is about 25 basis points. Europe's major indices opened higher. They've since faded. They are about flat overall. There is notable outperformance in basic resources, tech, and healthcare, while banks are getting hit pretty hard, down about 1.8%. Media is also weak. Asia was generally higher with a few pockets of underperformance. Japan and Australia finished lower. The other markets ended higher. So relatively slow morning in terms of the US narrative, I would say. There was a lot of economic data. So you had the full release of manufacturing PMIs from around the world. The highlight was probably the Chinese Cation number for August, which was nicely above expectations. Remember, China publishes two sets of PMIs. They have the uh, formal government ones, the MBS figures, which were out Sunday night, Monday morning. And then you have the Cation one. So the Cation manufacturing was uh, was solid this morning. Um, in general, I would say the Asian PMIs were relatively healthy. You saw increases in August from July for the major economies. The European final numbers, remember the European uh, flash figure came out a couple of days ago. The final figure was about in line with the flash, so no controversies there. Um, so the Cation PMI was definitely the highlight on, on uh, out of Asia. The European CPI for August this morning was very weak, um, falling far short of expectations, which you know should be a dollar positive, but you continue to see the dollar come for sale. So the dollar is off about another 30 basis points this morning. Um, you know, Keep in mind, the Fed recently announced it's big policy shift. The ECB is also conducting um, an overview of its policy outlook, and we'll be releasing that in the middle of next year. So just keep that in the back of your minds. Um, but your Eurozone inflation was very soft this morning. So economic data is generally um, the big kind of incremental set of news for this morning. The other big um, buckets of kind of macro topics are largely the same as before. So Monetary policy on the Fed, you have a couple more Fed speakers before you're going to head into the quiet period ahead of the September 16th meeting. Remember, the Fed has really only done about half of, of its policy adjustments. So it's outlined this this average inflation target and they're de-emphasizing unemployment. Um, but they also now need to kind of articulate the enforcement policy. So how is it going to convince the market that it'll be able to get inflation above 2%? Um, and I think that's obviously a huge area of uncertainty. So September 16th, the market anticipates some clarity on that front, um, likely some incremental policy adjustments, whether it's a formal quantitative easing schedule, uh, more specificity around the ZERP pledge and how long they'll keep that in place if there's any new reaction function. Um, that's what the market will be looking for on September 16th. So that will be an important meeting. Um, international monetary headlines are relatively minimal. The RBA decision was in line with expectations. U.S. fiscal front also very consistent with what we've been hearing. Um, you know, the Republicans are going. It looks like the Republicans will float another kind of "quote unquote" skinny deal or skinny bill probably next week. Um, you know, this has been dead on arrival with Democrats. I don't think this will change at all. Congress has to discuss a variety of different fiscal topics in September, including you have the big government budget deadline of October first. You have the airline layoff um, moratorium deadline also October first. So. They're going to have to sit down and discuss fiscal matters together. So there will be another conversation around stimulus. Um, but again, I think that given where everything stands now, if the economic data continues on its present track with stocks where they are, and then if the Fed were to take incremental action on September 16th, it just gets very difficult for Congress to agree on a controversial stimulus bill that close to an election when they're not feeling a lot of pressure to do so. Um, but that is more for, I think, you know, later in September, 
to have uh, to really kind of resuscitate, I think, the fiscal uh, chatter. On the political front, also very consistent with what we've been seeing. So the polls have been tightening now for several weeks. I don't think it's controversial to say that Trump's odds of a second term are higher than before. Um, you know, you can just watch the poll figures and, and, and come to that conclusion. Obviously, these law and order themes are dominating as COVID and the economy, I think, fade as far as um, critical issues at the moment. You had remarks from both Biden and Trump yesterday. Um, you know, people can draw their own conclusions as far as whether or not they're going to dramatically shift the poll figures. This obviously is a critical issue for Biden to get in front of. Um, his speech yesterday was somewhat effective, but, you know, I, he clearly needs to do more. Trump will be in Wisconsin today talking about this issue all day. That's his only major event on the calendar. Um, Biden does not. Biden will be um, speaking, but doesn't have any real major events on, on today's calendar. Um, you know, so the national figures still have Biden up about six points, but that's been fading. And then within the battlegrounds, it's it's well within the margin of error at, um, you know, less than three points. So obviously it's going to be a very tight, close race. Biden is still thought to be the leader, um, but the race is, is certainly tightening. So Trump's odds are higher. But like I said, that's been obvious now for at, at least several weeks. Um and I think two markets are, are, you know, it's not necessarily a clear consensus as to what markets actually want as far as whether they want a second Trump term or a Biden presidency. And I think a lot will come down again to the Senate control, whereby you have to balance the risks of escalating trade tensions if Trump were to win versus obviously higher tax risks if Biden were to win. So a Biden presidency with a GOP controlled Senate um, would to me, would be the ideal scenario whereby you can reduce trade risks and then also reduce your your tax risks. Um, so that is the political outlook on the company specific front. Zoom is a big highlight last night. So blowout numbers again. Remember last quarter they had um, you know huge upside to to expectations. Most thought that the upside would be more minimal this time around, and that was not the case. So another huge blowout guidance increase. The stock rallied. 8% during Monday session, and it's up about 27% pre-market, obviously in very thin trading. But um, you know, markets have flirted with this idea of a rotation into cyclical value at, at, on a few occasions over the last several months. It usually lasts one or two days, um, and then people kind of re- return firmly back into this growth momentum camp. Growth momentum is super crowded. Um, you know, you have a lot of very oversold prices. Valuations are very rich, but you also then have news items like Zoom Media. Um, and remember, Zoom Media follows the Salesforce report from last week, the Workday report from last week. So you have these, you know, continue to have these, um, you know, very strong fundamental news items that support the growth momentum rally. Um, Bloomberg had some details around Apple's i five uh, G iPhone build figures. Nothing really all that controversial there. Um, so again, ver- relatively quiet morning for the most part. For the calendar today, there's not a, a ton. So Brainerd will be speaking. Um, she'll be one of the last Fed officials to kind of comment before the quiet period. Manichu will be testifying before Congress. He'll probably make a lot of remarks around um, the whole fiscal negotiation process. He was on Fox Business last night talking about it. Um, again, there shouldn't be anything all that controversial. Um, you know, again, he talks about how he's very willing to negotiate. The White House, you know, is willing to sign a a bill that's worth 1.3 trillion. Pelosi is still adamant about something um, north of two trillion, so they just have to close that gap. Trump will be in Wisconsin. Um, we'll get the U.S. manufacturing ISM at 10 a.m. and then Nvidia will have an analyst event that begins at 4 p.m. There are no major earnings reports um, on the calendar for today. And that is essentially it. I've published a lot of kind of broader macro pieces in the last several days. 
I have links to everything in the piece today, and then everything is up on the website. So including the Vital Knowledge September Market Survey results, um, previews for critical events all this week, as well as a calendar of kind of the major post-Labor Day events. Um, and then you know, back on August 12th, I published an election piece, uh, which I also have a link to this morning. And that is everything for today. Uh, thank you for listening.